welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion, all God's children, and all God's creation. And when we think more on those higher qualities throughout our daily living and learn to believe in the power of the love and light within us, we begin to represent those higher qualities effortlessly. For we become what we think about mostly, be it good or bad, a meditative focus that we sometimes don't even realize. So beware. We come to understand also there's more than enough of those higher qualities inherent within ourselves and all mankind, if only we could remember. And there's more than enough healing power to heal our sickness and sorrows, more than enough consuming power to consume the darkness and the obstacles that sometimes seem to surround us, and more than enough protecting power than we could have ever imagined to keep us safe this treacherous road of light as we journey back to the heavens. This though, when we first believe in our own mighty I Am Presence and learn to utilize our own God-given powers. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life and y'all be loved. In the beginning, God. Clear and expressive are these words. In the beginning, God only. No manifest universe. No system of planets. Nothing of form or life, of brute or man. God was the spirit of all that was to be, but he had not yet moved upon the waters. Then this all-being, moved, or began to create. Where did spirit move? Upon what did it move to create? Where did it get a pattern? What means or power did it employ? Through what agencies did it work? In short, what is the world, ourselves included, made out of, and how did we and alls come into being? These questions correctly answered would solve the problem of being and set men free. Let us consider. The spirit was all, there was nothing else but itself. All-inclusive, everywhere, infinite. This all-spirit could not have had the impulse to move unless it were self-conscious, therefore the spirit is the power that knows itself, it is accordingly all-knowing as well as all-present. Being one, undivided, whatever it knows, it knows all over instantly. We find then that the spirit operates through self-knowing. It moves, and that inner movement must be one of infinite power, moving upon itself, since it is all, and with a definite purpose. The spirit, then, moves upon itself, and makes out of itself all that is made. In other words, what we see comes from what we do not see, through some inner intelligence at work, which knows there is no power but itself. The things that are seen are not made of the things that do appear. The only possible operation of intelligence is thought, or the word. So all things were made by the word, and without the word was not anything made that hath been made. 
How simple the process of creation when we understand it. The Spirit speaks, and since there is nothing but the Spirit and it is all power, it is only to speak and it is done. The Word was with God and the Word was God. From the Word, then, comes forth all that appears. Each life, human or divine, each manifestation is a different kind of word coming into expression. The great fact to dwell upon is that spirit needs nothing to help it, it is self-conscious and has all power and all ability to do whatever it wishes to accomplish. It operates simply by speaking. When we realize that man is like God, and he could not be otherwise, being made out of God, we will realize that his word also has power. If there is but one mind then it follows that our word, our thought is the activity of that one mind and our consciousness, the power that holds the planets in their place is the same power that flows through man. We must place the word where it belongs, whether it is the word of God in the universe or the word of man in the individual, it is always first, before all else, in the beginning. The real sequence is this, cause, spirit, intelligence, God, the word, the activity of intelligence, the effect, or the visible thing, whether it is a planet or a peanut. All are made out of the same thing. What we need to do is to learn how to use the word so that all will come to see that they are creative centers within themselves. Knowing that mind is, we have a principle that is absolute, it is exact, it is going to correspond to our thinking about it. The first great necessity is to believe this, without belief we can do nothing. This is the reason Jesus said it is done unto you even as you have believed. Always it is done unto people as they believe, and there is something that does it which never fails. We must believe that our word is formed upon and around by this creative mind, for instance, we wish to create activity in our business, we believe that our word is law about that thing, and there is something that takes our thought and executes it for us. If we have accepted the fact that all is mind and that the thought is the thing, we shall see at once that our word is the power behind the thing, and that it depends upon the word or thought that we are sending out. So plastic is mind, so receptive, that the slightest thought makes an impression upon it. People who think many kinds of thought must expect to receive a confused manifestation in their lives. If a gardener plants a thousand kinds of seeds, he will get a thousand kinds of plants, it is the same in mind. Since this is true, everything depends upon our mental concepts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible reiterates this statement telling us many times of the creative power of thought, Jesus taught nothing else. He said the words which I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The centurion coming to Jesus recognized the power of the word spoken by the latter. He said, I also am one in authority, but his authority was on the physical plane, and he saw that Jesus had authority on a spiritual plane, for he said, speak the word only. The Bible also tells us that the word is not afar off but in our own mouth. It is neither here nor there, it is within every living soul. We must take the responsibility for our own lives. All must awake to the facts that they have absolute control over their lives, and that nothing can happen by chance. Then they will have a broader concept of God, a greater tolerance for their neighbor, and a greater realization of their own divine nature. What a relief from strenuous labor, no more struggle or strife. Be still and know that I am God, and beside me there is none other. The Spirit being all there is, we cannot conceive of anything that can hinder its working. When the Spirit has spoken, the Word becomes law, for before the law is the Word, it precedes all else. First is absolute intelligence, all power, all presence, all causation, then the movement upon itself through the power of the Word, then the Word becoming law, the law producing the thing and holding it in place. So long as the word exists the thing will exist, 
For since the word is all power there is nothing beside it. I am that I am, and beside me there is none other. This I am is spirit, God, all. Creative Mind, by Ernest Shirtliff Holmes, 1923 Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 2 We refer those who would learn how the Catholic clergy united duty with pleasure in the matter of exorcisms, revenge, and treasure hunting, to Volume 2, Chapter 1, of W. Howitt's History of the Supernatural. In the book called Pneumatologia Occulta et Vera, all the forms of adjuration and conjuration were laid down, says this veteran writer. He then proceeds to give a long description of the favorite modus operandi. The Doma et Rituel de la Haute Magie of the late Eliphas Levi, treated with so much abuse and contempt by de Musos, tells nothing of the weird ceremonies and practices but what was practiced legally and with the tacit, if not open consent of the church, by the priests of the Middle Ages. The exorcist priest entered at midnight, he was clad in a new surplice, and had a consecrated band hanging from the neck, covered with sacred characters. He wore on the head a tall, pointed cap, on the front of which was written in Hebrew the holy word, Tetragrammaton, the ineffable name. It was written with a new pen dipped in the blood of a white dove. What the exorcists most yearned after, was to release miserable spirits which haunt spots where hidden treasures lie. The exorcist sprinkles the circle with the blood of a black lamb and a white pigeon. The priest had to adjure the evil spirits of hell, a carant, Mogath, Asmadi, Beelzebub, Belial, and all the damned souls, in the mighty names of Jehovah, Adonai, Eloha, and Sabaoth, which latter was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who dwelt in the Urim and Thummim. When the damned souls flung in the face of the exorcist that he was a sinner, and could not get the treasure from them, the priest-sorcerer had to reply that all his sins were washed out in the blood of Christ, and he bid them depart as cursed ghosts and damned flies. When the exorcist dislodged them at last, the poor soul was comforted in the name of the Savior, and consigned to the care of good angels, who were less powerful, we must think, than the exorcising Catholic worthies, and the rescued treasure, of course, was secured for the Church. Certain days, adds Howitt, are laid down in the calendar of the Church as most favorable for the practice of exorcism, and, if the devils are difficult to drive, a fume of sulfur, a saffetida, bears gall, and ruse recommended, which, it was presumed, would outstench even devils. This is the church, and this is the priesthood, which, in the 19th century, pays 5,000 priests to teach the people of the United States the infidelity of science, and the infallibility of the Bishop of Rome. H. P. Blavatsky We have already noticed the confession of an eminent prelate that the elimination of Satan from theology would be fatal to the perpetuity of the church. But this is only partially true. The prince of sin would be gone, but sin itself would survive. If the devil were annihilated, the articles of faith and the Bible would remain. In short, there would still be a pretended divine revelation, and the necessity for self-assumed inspired interpreters. We must, therefore, consider the authenticity of the Bible itself. We must study its pages, and see if they, indeed, contain the commands of the deity, or but a compendium of ancient traditions and hoary myths. We must try to interpret them for ourselves, if possible. As to its pretended interpreters, 
The only possible assimilation we can find for them in the Bible is to compare them with the man described by the wise King Solomon in his Proverbs, with the perpetrator of these six things, yea seven, which doth the Lord hate, and which are an abomination unto him, to wit, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Proverbs 6 16, 17, 18, 19 Of which of these accusations are the long line of men who have left the imprint of their feet in the Vatican guiltless? When the demons, says Augustine, insinuate themselves in the creatures, they begin by conforming themselves to the will of everyone. In order to attract men, they begin by seducing them, by simulating obedience. How could one know, had he not been taught by the demons themselves, what they like or what they hate, the name which attracts, or that which forces them into obedience, all this art, in short, of magic, the whole science of the magicians. To this impressive dissertation of the saint, we will add that no magician has ever denied that he had learned the art from spirits, whether being a medium, they acted independently on him, or he had been initiated into the science of evocation by his fathers, who knew it before himself. H. P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 The ever-expanding perfection of life is carried on continually by the expansion of the light from within the heart. The expansion of the light from within the sevenfold flame in the forehead of the individual goes forth into the mental and feeling world of a mass of the people, carrying the consciousness of the seven mighty Elohim and their constructive ideas and ways and means of creating, producing perfection in the physical octave without strain or struggle. The only thing that makes strain, struggle, or limitation is the discord in the feeling. If there be discord in the picture in the mind, it always remains in the mental realm until the energy in the feeling world concentrates upon that picture and condenses until it becomes substance. Then that becomes a thing manifest. The angelic hosts are continually pouring the energy of their love, the energy of their life, in and around anybody and anything that will remain harmonious enough to let it come in, flow through the individual, produce perfection, and expand through the individual to flow on its way to produce more perfection in the world around you. Now I wish you to understand how limitless is life, and how magnificent is the great plan of ever-expanding perfection to all life everywhere. Suppose you need some assistance from your beloved I Am Presence and the Ascended Host. You make the call. The heart flame of your higher mental body floods through this outer self, producing harmony, purity, and the patterns of perfection into your outer self, and then that acts through you to create certain things in the physical world. But the heart flame continues to flow on until it fills the world with that same perfection also. And then it continues to flow until it produces similar perfection in the system. There is no stopping and no end to the expansion of the perfection that comes from within the heart flame of the sacred fire's life of the individual, and that's something to study. That's a concept mankind needs to understand. That is the infinite power of the life of the universe, and that is what sustains a world or a system of worlds in its great cosmic action and fulfillment of the divine plan, till everything becomes self-luminous and pours its light of the love of life into the infinite space around the planet or the system. And it goes on and on and on, ever expanding its blessing and perfection to life wherever it goes in infinite space. 
Thus, you have the infinite, eternal, ever-expanding presence of perfection without limit, mastery without limit, happiness without limit, and the ever-raising, illumining power that raises all into the ascension, wherein creation goes on in every greater and greater magnificent manifestation, with never a discord to be experienced again. The Great Cosmic Angel It is worth every effort you could ever make to understand this law and realize how eternal is the ever-expanding sacred fire love's perfection of life. If we did not understand the eternal law concerning manifestation, it would be very difficult to watch mankind go on century after century in the denial of the perfection that everywhere in infinite space reveals this law. There is no excuse for any human being on this earth being either an atheist or battling the great perfection of life. Whole systems of worlds, galaxies of systems of worlds, are ever holding divine order and balance in infinite space and ever giving their light to the universe around them. There is no excuse for mankind's lack of understanding of the magnitude of life, its limitless blessings, and its activity of ever creating, expanding perfection that cannot produce discord anywhere in creation. Unascended beings can understand this if they want to. So, to you I come tonight and offer the love of my own heart's flame to be the fulfillment of the fiat I issued for the fulfillment of the destiny of this nation, and to release the power by which that destiny becomes manifest. When benighted individuals in other parts of the world think they're going to either destroy or desecrate this nation that is the heart of the world, they are badly mistaken. Applause. Thank you so much, precious ones. Won't you be seated please, and just remain so. I just happen to be one of the guardians of this nation, and if unascended beings think they're going to destroy or desecrate the handiwork of cosmic beings who have created this nation, created the world, and placed the blessings of life upon it, then individuals must be shocked awake by their own creation. And human creation is perfectly capable of awakening the consciousness of an individual who is bound in the darkness of selfishness, and wishes to impose its discord upon other life streams. So, it would pay everybody to be invincibly, eternally honest with the fiery truth of the great heart flame of life that produces only perfection, sustains it for eternity, expands it without limit, and is the master hand of creation through individual life streams, who are using the life of the universe. The Great Cosmic Angel